What's up, what's up? It's your boy Cam Meekins. It's the Cam Meekins Show, episode number 23. In the building with my guy Lil Rich. Virtually in the building. What's going on, dude? What's good, Brody? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I'm just uh, jealous of your setup, dude. I'm loving I'm loving the background of the setup, man. Shit's <laughs> fucking dope. Thank you, bro. It's, it just happened to be this way. Like you said, like we were talking about... Um, you said everybody had to step their interior design. Yeah, well, COVID. that's that's my theory, man. Like everyone had to kind of step their interior design game up with this digital digital meeting shit during COVID. And I feel like those are the, those are the people who did do that. You're like, okay, those are like attention to detail people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I fuck with that. And then yeah. the people who are like on their fucking random ass background, or they're using you know they're using the background pictures. And and no hate to anyone who's doing that. I've had a couple guests who've had the background pictures, and that's kind of like the rare factor. Like McConan did that shit. He was like in space while I was talking to him the whole time. That's like, you know I feel like saying? that's a long brand for him. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense. I get that. But sure. you know, there's some dope shit you can do with you know a little sixteen by nine square in terms of framing yourself. So I we've feel, all had a lot of fun with that. I feel um, it's bad. Like one time I did a. Uh, I did uh, made an appearance for one of my good friends' uh, podcast for back home, and I was like super like unprepared, and I apologize for what I literally like did the call in the car and I'm like driving. I feel like I've seen that a lot though. Like I've watched different podcasts and people just do it driving, but me personally, being an audio guy, I felt like crazy because you know you hear all the outside stuff, the car running, so that made me feel bad. But like. I knew with this one, I had enough like time knowing up ahead so right. I could get in the living room and really have the nice setup. Yeah, well, that's one thing that I noticed when I started doing these more is, is that working with g- different guests and things like that, like you got to just try and give them as much information as you can. Like that email, like, you know, I send out an email with all the info, you know what I mean? And it's kind of like a copy and paste to every single person. And it's just so helpful. It's like, here's the, here's the info. Here's what time it is you know, day before, hey, just check it in, make sure we're good tomorrow. If you got to change, no worries. Hour before, you kind of have to get that shit down to a science. Otherwise, it's tough, man, because it's a lot to ask people to come on a podcast and everybody's got a fucking podcast now. You know, like, like it's, right. it's, it's definitely not an easy thing. But that's also why I was so stoked to start to do this because I feel like when was the last time you and I got to actually sit down for an hour and really just chop it up, you know? And it's dope to be able to put that out in public, but it's even just dope for me and you to be able to talk. Right, right. No, and that's the first, when you asked me, like that was the first thing I thought of, because I know we we spoke here and there about getting up, it just never really happened. But the minute you mentioned the podcast, now I'm like, okay, this is fire. It's because one, we're super cool. So we we can have like an honest, like comfortable, genuine conversation, but just for the viewers to actually tune into it. So I think it works out dope. No, hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's funny, man. Like I was so tucked off for this whole year of the pandemic thing. And now I'm on the other side of it and I feel like I've been vaccinated. I'm starting to introduce more shit into my life. Uh, but the podcast has allowed me to kind of re-engage with a ton of different people. And a lot of times after I'll do one of these episodes, I'll end up way more connected with that person if it's like a homie or someone that I knew or someone I barely even knew or whatever, building a new friendship with someone who comes on as a guest or whatever. So this is a really cool thing, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to 
start to have the in-person dynamic of that too. Cause then that brings in a whole nother level of like you're in person hanging out. We're drinking some whiskey, talking shit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like the, I feel like the combos are going to get even better. So if you're listening, tune in, that's just coming soon. But, but man, what's, what's been going on, dude? I, I know you got solo shit going on. I know mm-hmm. you, 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 you just produced the song of the summer for Chet Hanks. So, <laughs> you know, so I definitely want to ask you about that, but what's been going on, man? Um, man, everything is, is amazing, man. It's all glory to God. It's such a blessing to be here. Cause I feel like me personally and like the people around me can attest to it. Like it's been a long time coming, you know, um, yeah. just from like super humble beginnings coming from, you know, back home where, where we're from, it's just putting it all in perspective uh being here now you know coming up it was just so it was difficult i think for a lot of different reasons because you know everybody's come up when they get to like a point where like maybe not where they feel like they've reached like the top of their success but like really got the ball rolling they look back and be like you know i came from something like where there's the struggle but being from up north where there wasn't really a blueprint for me per se to make it happen in the industry that I'm in um being here now it's just so like the gratitude I guess is just so um uncanny you know what I mean um if I can like elaborate uh what I've been doing personally um like you said my solo stuff like it took a while to get to that point you know because I was in a group with my cousin for a while and then when I came to LA I put the artist stuff down to really just focus on producing for other people and being like to the hip with them and executing my friends, you know what I mean? Like really helping them push their careers forward. And then being now top of the year where I have a chance to just, you know, go solo and really like, you know, take what I've learned from being in the producer engineer chair for a lot of my friends Um, from independent to major label. I've gotten a really like, um, study, learn tricks of the trade, trial and error to just add it and use it to my advantage for my own stuff. So, I mean, the dynamic of it all is really dope, you know? hundred percent, man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's always nice to have all these different movement pieces, but then get to a point where you're really focusing on that, that thing that kind of got you there too. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you started out as a solo artist and were really on that path and then took a second you were producing for some of the biggest artists in the game and now to come back and do the solo shit again, that's gotta be a, a pretty good feeling. I, I imagine. Yeah. It's, it's huge, man. It's, um, it's crazy. Cause I don't think I've, I've thought of it to myself, talk to my friends about it, but I don't know if I ever said it like in this type of setting, but like a lot of people that I've worked with, like you mentioned, like some like the biggest artists in the industry, I got in with them very early per se. And, and this is like an ongoing theme, right? Mm. Um, everyone who I've worked with, like even with us, but just like my whole catalog, I have personal relationships with, you know, like, um, you know, more, more power to like the producers that, you know, really work more on the digital side as far as like email and, virtually it's really dope for them but for me that's never been a case and it just is what it is like so it's it's a blessing though because i feel like all the people i've gotten to work with from 
you know, when they just started bubbling to now, like superstardom for them, um, we've gotten to make music on a deeper level because mm. I've been able to connect with them personally, be in the room, hold relationships with them. Like we, like, you know, like between, like, like me and you, like we talk outside of working creatively and we have this relationship creatively. Right. So I think that, that adds a, a ton to, you know, the work process and stuff like that. No, that's really interesting. I, I totally get that because you're right. To be a producer in this day and age is not one particular thing. There's a lot of different ways to kind of do that. There's stuff going on on the internet, you know, the digital side, being a really good marketer, being you know on the YouTube side, doing all this shit. And some of those dudes, you know, end up getting number one records and, and you know crazy shit. And I think it all comes down to kind of what you value in terms of what you're doing and your 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 business and your art and your your creative and everything. And when you're like, I feel like you, you seem to really value that in studio time with people actually genuinely connecting, which is so dope, you know, and it reflects in the type of music that gets made in that type of environment. When you're actually connected with another artist, you know, or you're doing your solo shit with other people or or whatever it might be, when you're together being friends, having drinks in the studio, like when I come to your studio, it's, it's an environment. You know, it's a creative environment that makes you want to create and feel like you're having fun. And then the music reflects that because that environment puts you in that headspace. And that is a super important part of the production of the music, too. You're producing a vibe when you curate that kind of environment, you know? Yeah, we're, we're just virtually making... Not virtually. Um, bad use of word. <laughs> I, love that. I, think I just like that word a lot. Yeah, now. right. Um, but we're just uh, we're. I guess what you could say is like we're creating moments, right? Um, right. And that's what I feel like I fell in love with. How I fell in love with a lot of like my favorite artists coming up was I always would hear the music and they would almost like bring you into like the world of it almost puts you in exactly the room of or the environment of where they were like just like creating special moments and memories in in the songs like it reflects from like the audio to the actual feeling so for me like you know for for everybody i think we attach music to to our memories and just to where we was at the time we heard it and just like the feeling it gave us so I think um, looking back on like all the records I've done with people I work with, they just really give me feelings and, and give me nostalgia. And, and that's like, that's a big driving point to the stuff I do when it comes to creating music, right. um, which I necessarily don't get when I send stuff through email. And sometimes don't get me wrong, like with different people, like say like a Stiz, like I've given him beats, um, through email um, and he's cut to him and it, it goes like that. But more than half the time we're in the room creating these moments and creating music. And like you said, the environment is going to drive the songs. You know what I mean? So I think it's a really cool dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and again, you know, it's, it's, there's so many different ways that you can do it. But I think that particular way that, that you've clearly had a lot of success with in, in your career is very cool from an artistic standpoint because it's just very genuine and authentic. 
you're able to have these real life connections where it's like, you know, you end up like you and I, you know, we did big joints together, but 90% of our time is having genuine connections. And then the 10% is the work or, you know, whatever it might be. And that's, you know, that's fucking dope. Um, especially if you can make a career out of that and still have all these experiences and, and shit like that. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go back, you know, cause you said something interesting. So coming from the Boston area and now, you know, being out here in LA and having produced with some of the biggest dudes in the game, YG, Stiz, Bia, you know, all this, all this dope shit that you've been involved with. Now you're doing your solo shit and, you know, haven't had the success that you've had in the last couple of years, but coming from Boston where there isn't that blueprint, you know, and then your particular area of Boston too, in, in that, you know, how, how were you able to cut through and actually get that chance to make this happen? You know, mm-hmm. I would say, um, it was a blessing uh, coming from where I came from because I think the the authenticity and the originality separates me just because of where I'm from. Uh, nobody came from where I'm from. So, um, and we kind of have our own culture where we're from as well. So I think that played a big role as well as like, you know, trial and error coming up, um, not really knowing how to like get leeway on the business side, but I guess like all those years really helped me hone my skills uh, till I got to the point where I could, you know, really be confident in the beats I was making and the music that I was making to where, you know, like me and Stiz Link in the city and he starts to really go crazy, which, um, Early on, that gave me some producer success uh, to the point where I developed more confidence and able to go to Los Angeles, where it's, you know, still to me, like the number one music entertainment hub in the country, maybe if not the world. So, like, um, once I got to the point where I was ready to, you know, start traveling outside of the city and, and really just getting my feet wet in the West Coast, which is like the opposite of where we're from, Vert. You know what I'm saying? Like, essentially. Yeah. Um, really, when I got to Los Angeles was when things started to pick up for me in my career. And um, I think it just happened supernaturally, man. Uh, I didn't even know what I was really doing when I started coming here. I think when I first came here, me and my cousin were shooting a, a music video. And during, during like the process of us being here, we started running into people and started building a little network. So as time went on, I started coming to Los Angeles for a weekend then a week then two weeks Then I do month trips. And then it became a point where I just was doing so much good that I was like, yo, I can't go back. Like I, I was taking steps back if I went home. So it, it, it gradually happened naturally. Um, and then being here taught me a lot about the industry and just, Things that like, you know, like a lot of people coming up don't really know, like there's so many little intricacies in being in this industry that can, if you know it, it can help you really excel um, that you would never realize being from a place where opportunity is is, is thin, you know? So um, I guess I could just say it happened very naturally. Yeah. Um, Was that a crazy experience to start to actually peel back the layers once you got out here and saw how the industry actually worked versus what you thought it might have been like? Or, you know, did you just kind of 
fall into place and you felt like, okay, cool. I, I'm starting to kind of understand how this works. Or was it a little bit of like a shock to you in terms of kind of how the industry works? It wasn't, it wasn't really a shock to me because I think, um, well, let me not say that there's been times where I've been very surprised and like just seeing, you know, like, Oh, okay. Um, so this is what's going on and this is what I could do to my advantage. Cause I guess like when you pull back the curtain on anything that seems to be, you know, like, like this big glowing light of what, you know, whether it's sports, whether it's just entertainment in general, um, I think you, you just off natural reaction, you become super shocked. Uh, but I guess what I would say is for me, um, one thing I, one big thing I learned uh, when I got out here that I could use to my advantage was being an engineer. Um, mm. Which when I was back home, like I went to engineering school for a couple of years and I didn't realize how big it was gonna be, how important it was gonna be for me and my success. But coming out here, being an engineer allowed me to be in, 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 at the room, in the room at any time because I'm the utility guy. So, and I, you know, you're in control. I, th I think I heard this interview and 40, I, 40 was talking, I think it was 40 Kevin Durant. And I, I completely like that whole thing resonated with me because I felt exactly the same when he was like, you're in the past, you're in the driver's seat as an engineer, you know, whether you, you're an artist producer as well on the side, if you're, you're the engineer and you control the session, you can invite all these other things to the table. So once I got to LA and really utilized my engineering skills, I got to introduce the production. And then once I got to introduce the production, I got to introduce my artistry. And then like a lot of my peers started to have like this revered like confidence for me just because they were already cool with me as engineer, producer, rich, and then artist now so it, it it invited so many things in for me yeah that's that's so interesting man because there's so much trust there between the engineer and any artist you know and i feel like people you know there's there's just a lot of trust there and you know you build a a, a very deep creative relationship when you when you have an engineer artist dynamic going on so mm -hmm. that's interesting that you were able to use that to introduce more layers into, you know, these different creative environments that you were in. That's super cool. What was it like being at engineering school? Did you feel like that was something that was beneficial or, you know, cause I, I've, I've got this, um, this theory about like different schools that do these skill-based things to particularly in the music or creative or like film world. It's like, you know, I just kind of feel like these things are a little bit of a racket. Like they, they charge you this money and you know, you're doing these classes, but what are you able to get out of it? But I don't have any personal experience with it. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear your experience there and, and your thoughts on that world. Yeah. So, um, it changed my life, man. Really? Honestly. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was definitely life changing. It made, it made me listen to music, uh, even like in working on music and just looking at music a completely different way. Um, I mean, when I went to school, when I started going, I already had like, you know, like kind of an idea of, of how to engineer. I knew how to track, but I didn't know the mixing elements. I didn't know, 
you know, signal flow, which is like make like knowing how everything is, how all the channels are in and how everything works mm. in the studio, you know, like even from just things that like I probably use not even thinking about it, but uh, that I've learned from school, just like acoustics in general, like the room, like what sounds reflect off what sounds and like just so many things that really like it give it gave me validation of me okay like now i know what i'm doing and nobody can tell me otherwise you know what i mean yeah i mean i guess coming up um even now like now that i've been an, an engineer for like the past you know nine years or so like i get you know questions from artists and then some people are like trying to like critique something or think they know the answer to things. And like me just having the knowledge, I could tell them like, no, this is what that is. And this is why this is happening. And even just hearing other people's mixes and, and music period, it's like when you, when you have that hat on, it's like if you're in the film business and you watch movies you, and you know how the movie's made, you watch it in a different way. Me as an engineer, I hear music in a different way. Sometimes it's annoying because I want to just go back to being a listener again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now that I'm an, an engineer, I hear everything, like not even trying to hear it. You're hearing so, everything one by one too. You're hearing it tracked out in your mind. Everything one by one from from snare to hi-hat to, to, to the, you know, melody to vocal. Like I hear everything. Like I can almost like picture exactly how, how it was mixed. Like every song I listen to. So it's, it's cool. You know what I mean? And that's what, that's kind of what school did for me, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I could say school is for me. I, I don't know if I could speak for everybody, but school is huge for me. Huge. Well, that's really interesting to hear because uh, you know, I, I definitely get that. And that's, that's a good perspective and you know, your, your situation in experience with it seems like it was life-changing in a lot of ways so so you feel like you you got the value that you that you were going there to get out of it yeah and, and more so maybe yeah that's dope mm -hmm. yeah man it's funny i was having that conversation like not even two hours ago about how when you when you're an artist or you're an engineer and you know, I guess particularly when you when you're an engineer, more so than even being an artist. But no matter what you do, if you do like music, when you're hearing music in in different public settings, it's not you're not interacting with music the same way that like the average listener is interacting with music. Like anytime I hear music in the car, if I'm with like two people and there's music playing, I can't keep track of the conversation going on over here and the music playing on the radio. And so I'm always turning the music down if people are trying to talk because I can't listen to music passively. You know, right. it's, just, it's just not possible for me to do that. I'm hearing everything one by one, like you said. And, mm -hmm. you know, it it's almost like, you know, when I'm doing music all day in the studio, I almost don't even go and listen to music after the fact in, in my normal, like, social environment because I, that, it gets me in a whole, like, work headspace, you know? Yep. Yep. So I, I totally feel you on that, man. I definitely, definitely hear you. So, so what's the, what's the process? Has the process changed for you in the last year, like dealing with the COVID shit in terms of, you know, getting in the studio with different people? Have you had to adapt in terms of emailing more and doing shit like that? Or you just have kept the circle close and just, you know, you're, you're still rocking and, 
and doing everything, you know, like that? Or how, how's the, how's that, has, have you, sorry, have you had to make an adjustment there? Um, with some people, but yeah. a lot of the people like close core that I work with, we've still gotten able to, we've still been able to like, you know, get in together, like in person and really go to the studio. So that's been, that's been a blessing, honestly, because, um, I mean, I hear, I hear stories and I just like, I know how tough it is, you know? Yeah. Um, especially someone that works how I work, like usually in person with people. So, um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's really like hindered some, some work relationships, but for the most part, I've been getting in the studio in the room with people. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's dope, man. So, uh, when you came out here and you, you started to kind of have more success with, with everything that you were doing, I'm, I'm curious mentally, how did you start to interact with that success? Like, did, if did you, did you start to feel really good where you were at? And, you know, I'm, I, I'm thinking about this cause I'm looking at the happiness and success signs behind your head. And it's just got me thinking about those, the correlation between the two of those things. And I'm wondering what that is for you. Cause I had a really good conversation the other day with uh, my homie on the podcast. We were talking about kind of fulfillment and success and what drives it. And is it, you know, the next big thing is the next big song having a number one, you know, that, that, that you're on or like, you know, the biggest song on TikTok right now is your shit or like whatever it might be. Does that genuinely make you feel happier that night when you go home or is it some other shit? And, you know, just kind of curious your perspective, because I feel like you've been taking a lot of wins, you know, which is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, does it always feel as good each each win that you get or is the first one feeling good and then it's, it's, it's less each time? Um, like, how do you balance all that all that shit? So I would say uh, I never get I personally never get too high or too low. And I think that's what like allows me to stay uncompromised and keep working through. Um, so the wins, like, don't get me wrong. Like I celebrate every win appropriately because I know where we came from, you know? Yeah. But I think what drives me is uh, I always knew and I like, and I still feel like I'm going to be one of the biggest in the game and that's just me speaking confidently. Um, and, but one thing I really knew it was going to be more so of like, we no shortcuts, no elevators, just really steps, you know what I mean? And that's, I think that's what's helped keep me uh, grounded and motivated is that these wins, they, they, they don't come in like these big margins. They're like really close together and mm. they just lead up and get, better and better like um in their own regard so i think um it's it's really that all of that is really just helping me like keep pushing forward and just continue to like push the envelope musically um i'm trying to figure out how i could put it into words but basically um yeah man it's just been it's just been really uh really cool to just grind it out like that that's like my whole my whole summary for it it's been grinding it out and i don't know if i i'm i chase number ones and chase big accolades in the music i make 
Um, I just feel like it's it's gonna happen that way because the people I work with and like w- what drives my musicality is like kind of like originality. Mm. Um, what I what's kind of like annoyed me in the space that I'm in. Uh, there's a lot of like pros and cons and to the the, the space that I'm in. Um, but I would say like it's a lot of redundancy, you know, which is like. Don't get me wrong, like hip hop is probably as successful as it's ever been, which I think is very, uh, which is so super dope about it. But for me, I think what drives me musically is tr- like chasing originality in such a oversaturated space. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what can we, how can we stand out creating this music thing? You know, like still remain very natural and, and do what feels right but i think what's dr- driven the music and the work ethic is just really trying to create um i guess feeling from when from some of my favorite eras and just like some of my most favorite times when i've heard music like so i think that's the feeling i've been like searching for for me personally in my solo music and for people i produce for and that's what really drives it all yeah and kind of trying to put your own updated spin on that in a sense exactly. yeah that, that I, I i hear you on that where do you think that that level-headedness the way that you're able to kind of view the game in this sense and your business and everything that level-headedness that you're talking from where do you think that that comes from is that you know are you a faith-based person is it you know you, you feel like that's your upbringing you're you know just kind of your environment or do you think that it's a product of the fact that you've been grinding it out step by step like that so you're not unaware mm-hmm. to you know just the the position that you're in and and you know just looking at it as a professional you know i feel like sometimes when people get success super quickly you know mm-hmm. they they don't know how to manage it necessarily but when you've worked really hard over years and years and you really had to grind it out and then things do start to go right for you, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. thankful for that, but you're not acting out of pocket with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so where's that, where do you think that's, that's coming from for you? I mean, I think you, you honestly said it all. Um, like all, all, everything of that contributes to, to like my process. Cause for one, it was definitely upbringing. Like my my father, like he literally like raised me with music. So like mm. from as a child, uh, he used to play music around me all the time. Uh, specifically, like you know, a lot of like hip hop, R and B, even like old funk stuff. Like everything like under the sun, um, and the upbringing really helped. Like drive my uh inspiration and creativity and stuff i'm doing and i i I, to answer another part of that i think i'm blessed i i am very very spiritual and i think i'm blessed with like the this the skill of awareness and just as far as like how the whole landscape looks and music and the where i sit in it you know what i mean um with with that awareness really helps me like 
analyze like everything that's going on uh, musically, like just the way things sound, like how trends are going. And I really apply that to what we're doing because right now more than ever, um, I feel like there's, there's spaces missing music in music, like the musicality of things where I'm like, you know what, like, there's like, there's this void in music. Like if we fill this void that's missing in the music, we'll be able to stand out and we could change the landscape of it all. You know what I mean? Cause everything comes around like, like history repeats mm-hmm. itself. And also I just feel like, like right now we're, we're in, we're in the, like, I'd say we're in the TikTok era, right? And yep. the last time I felt there was an era like this was the ringtone era, like when, when wow. Soulja Boy. And that's, that's how, I know history repeats itself and this is really where we are again. Like, like dances, singles, like Dude, that's so era, true. Like, wow. Yeah. Like we, we've seen this era before, but it's just different. You know what I mean? And I start to think about the last 20 years and I'm like thinking like what worked, you know what I mean? Like what was, what was like the top of like the golden standard of like music, like as far as like, you know, what was like top 10 on Billboard even like 20 years ago. And that's for me, like, what a lot of like the up-tempo R&B stuff I do for me personally that I have coming to bring to the table. I think that space is, that space in particular is missing a lot. We have a lot of like, you know, a lot of hard street stuff. We got like, women are going crazy. You know what I mean? That's new, but like, I've seen like familiarity in that. And even like some of like the, you know, mid-tempo, lo-fi R&B, super dope. But I'm like, yo, where's like, there's a space missing for up-tempo R&B, which was very prevalent um, 20 years ago that really just destroyed Billboard and destroyed like mainstream music. Um, So like, I'm just being very specific here, but that's just a point to like my awareness, I would say. And I'm not saying this to act like, yo, I know it all, because I don't, you know what I mean? And, but I, but I just think music is going to shift again. We're really in what was the ringtone era now. And if you remember back then, it changed into something else. And knowing that history repeats itself, I know it's going to change again. So basically all the things you said, upbringing, my faith, and just experiences helped me, you know, really navigate. Mm. Yeah, you would think that the more up-tempo R&B shit, you're right. It's such a void. And we're so dance-based right now because of TikTok that you would th- those things seem to correlate. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like up-tempo, that, that kind of vibe correlates to everything that's happening with kids doing these dances and shit like that too. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting. The ringtone era comparison is so spot on. I feel like these waves that you're talking about, these you know cycles of creativity that happen, they don't just happen in music, they happen in all of the arts and, and in life too. And I feel like what it is, is like a new platform comes out, like the ability to have a ringtone, you know what I'm saying, or TikTok. And what happens is, the first stuff to cut through on that platform is like the most basic version of something because it's, it's, you know, the path of least resistance to cut through on that platform. So the shit that's popping off on TikTok right now is like 
up in your face quick. And it's the same as Spotify too, because Spotify is algorithm based as well. And so the stuff that does that does well on Spotify is right away getting into the hook, you know, super quick songs, you know, the, the amount of time that a song is has gone down. All this different stuff is happening because this is like the first iteration of all of this stuff with these new platforms of TikTok and Spotify and the new way that we're consuming music. And it's it's all great music. There's a lot of great music being made, but it's it's simple music and like the ringtone stuff was like simple as well you know like like all the soldier boy stuff was really like simple catchy hooks that correlated perfectly to a ringtone and now it's simple catchy hooks that correlate perfectly to a tiktok and you just need that little sound bite and that's all you're searching for it's just that little sound bite and the cycle component is what happens is the first version of all that stuff is all like that but then somebody comes along and either drops some like incredible complex project that like you have to get deep into to really understand like you know a good kid mad city or like some shit like that you know like a just an epic project that's like really well done and i'm just talking in music specifically but i feel like this example works for anything when things go in these cycles where stuff is really kind of cookie cutter simple and then it gets flipped on its head when something great comes out because I really truly believe that while all of us are consuming all these little quick bites of TikTok, you know, content and everything like that, we're really, really yearning for something deeper, you know, like all this music is, is great. And I love listening to a lot of this stuff and it's so fun to like throw it on your car when you're going out to go like have a party or do whatever you're doing, it's great, amazing music. But I think we need more substance too, because we've been like so, you know, just kind of hit over the head with, with this type of thing that's going on. And somebody somewhere will come out with some shit that, that does that, you know, and then, then we go into the next phase and everyone's trying to be on their more, you know, in depth shit. You know, and it, it's just so funny, man. It's just, it just repeats itself over and over and over again. And it's, it's cool that you're able to have that view of it, you know, and use that in your own career too. No, yeah, thank you, bro. It's just, once once I came to that realization, I'm like, okay, like, I know we could really, we could really make some things happen because right after that era, per se, where it was ringtones and singles and dances and stuff like that came my, one of my favorite eras, which was the whole mixtape era, you know what I mean? Which yeah. birthed a lot of amazing projects and, and a lot of legacy acts that from our generation, you know what I mean? Like, like I could go down the line from like, you know, I mean, Drake came in that era. Drake, yeah. Wiz. It was Wiz, Mac, you know, Big Lil Sean. Lil Wayne was going crazy back then. Uh, it's Nipsey, Wale. Like the list, the list goes on of like a lot of that era that was like really like besides like you know some of like early 2000 stuff that was like my favorite era of music and i know it's going to come back to that in a different form so i'm like you know what like knowing that i'm like all right cool we can be ahead of the curve on a lot of this shit you yeah. know yeah yeah um, so and it's just like that that area of just breeded such such good music man like just classics like stuff we're going to be playing for the years to come like like I truly feel like, like if there was a time capsule, 
and you know we buried it for a hundred and some years like a lot of stuff a lot of music that came from that era is going to be in that time capsule oh without a doubt dude without a doubt and not as much music that's happening right now quite frankly you know that era had some classics dude i mean i remember going to best buy and buying the so far gone mixtape cd you know or or downloading cushion orange juice on dat piff the day that it came out yeah and it it was more substance like those dudes brought in a new level of of substance and depth to it where you had to go into their catalog and really hear what they were saying and hear you know the story i feel like drake started to like paint this really interesting story this narrative that like lil wayne came in and propped him up and like young money put him on and like it was just this crazy story that he was able to use for like a few years Mm-hmm. to really just get people so excited about the music. Yeah. Like that 3 years of like mixtapes and Lil Wayne features and different things like mm-hmm. prior to Drake's first album was just so much anticipation. You know what I'm saying? Cuz he was able to tell this narrative of this like story. Mm-hmm. Which was a real story but it was just so well done in how he kind of told it through the music. Right. You know? Right. And one thing, one thing I've also noticed from that little like pocket of space musically was a lot of these big artists, like the space of like the major artists from that era are so uh, unique and in their original, in their own regards. I think right now, and I'm not trying to not like, I've got to reiterate, I'm not trying to knock this era because I think there's a lot of good that comes from the era we're in. And sometimes I'll be like, damn, I feel like an old head. Cause this is something like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm, of course. I'm to, like I feel like an old head, but like, like oh, it goes back to the redundancy thing. You know what I mean? Um, whereas like in that era, like all of like, like even like the six, seven artists I just named were all so different, bro. Yep. So different, but all their music was so respected and so good. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And that way, I just think like that's gonna make music exciting again. And in a way, is like just just more classics come from just you know people being original, and you fall in love with these people because they're just so themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're like nothing else you've seen. So that's uh, I just keep correlating like the past to now, and I just think really that's it's just gonna play itself out again the same way. Hundred percent, and we're not even talking about a long moment in time, and we're talking about you know ten years or whatever it is. And it's not knocking on what's going on now because there's a kid out there who's feeling the way that we're talking about you know the shit that's coming out right now or the shit that you're making, you know what I'm saying, or, or whatever it might be. Because I feel like what we consumed when we were like seventeen is what sticks with us for like our entire life. Yeah, you know, like I feel like I'll I'll be listening to the shit that I listened to in high school for the rest of my life, and those will be like the soundtracks of my life. Literally, literally. You know, and I I don't know why that is. You know, I feel like when you're at that age, you have this really deep relationship with music, and and we're two musicians, so we're always going to have a deep relationship with music. But there's something different there when you're like a teenager mm-hmm. and you're into music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just hits different. 
for sure. Crazy. Yeah. So what's your creative process like in terms of, you know, when you're working on your new shit, how do you get into that headspace? Are you just in the studio letting it, you know, go where it wants to go or do you have like a system to it? Um, I think it kind of just really like piggybacking off what you just said that like really helps me drive a lot of my solo stuff is going back and playing a lot of that music. You know what I mean? I get, I drive a lot of inspiration from, from older things and I think it's, it's really beneficial because I don't want to sound like everything that's going on right now. I don't want to be too left, but I just don't want, I got to separate myself and I tell myself that over and over. And the way I do that, like some people, like some of my friends and people that know me, like just like kind of like laugh or get annoyed because I do play a lot of like old stuff. And it's not, it's not like super old stuff. Like you said, it's like 10, 12 years in the past. So um, I go back and play a lot of that stuff and I will apply a lot of those things in the instrumentation of the, the solo stuff that I'm making. But I think what blends the worlds is like, we're living in present time. So the stuff I'm talking about and just like, even like the, the lingo, the words I use, cadences are very now, but I think the sound bed um, and the feeling feels like some of my favorite music that I felt. Like if my music does not give me that feeling, then it, it just, I didn't do a good job. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so if I could like, and people have told me like, yeah, like you really did that. Like you really, it feels old, like something I've felt before, like, but it's not that, like it's new, you know what I mean? And I, I, I know the industry is like, kind of like scratched the surface on this whole, like flipping the 2000 samples and stuff like that, because it's now to a point where it's, it's nostalgic and it's classic where we could flip it now, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. But, um, which I've heard a lot of cool stuff and then I've heard things that just feel like remixes to me, which is cool. But my whole thing is like, bro, I want to, I want to create that feeling and it's and add originality to it, like new to it. You know what I mean? I'm not sampling to remix. I'm sampling to give you something new, but to give you reminiscent, nostalgic feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like my process in making my stuff per se. Yeah, how are you sampling shit now? Like how, how are people sampling shit now? Are you cutting it up just like on the computer or are you... Like what's your, what's your process on like sampling shit? Yeah. So I, I, I basically cut on the computer. Um, FL studio has great like sampler programs where I could just grab like a high res MP3 or wave, whatever, bring it into FL and chop it high. Like honestly, um, which is a <laughs> bro, such a blessing. Like weren't the ever we're in because I couldn't imagine having to go to a record store or shop for vinyls get a uh, turntable, hook up like a RCA cable to like a console and try and track the vinyl. Like it's, that would be so Dude, much just to get samples. Insane. Like, and then you got to match and, the tempo and like, it's like, bro, what? Bro, it's, it's so much. So I'm like, yo, it's, it's amazing how I could just go on YouTube and get a sample and put it and within seconds, get it into my program. Yeah. That is kind of crazy. <laughs> You would think that more people would be making those more old school kind of classic sample type beats. You know what I'm saying? But based off of how easy it is now, I feel like people used to literally, just like you said, have to go to a record store, you know, have a thousand dollar, two thousand dollars worth of equipment, you know, 
load in the record and you know whatever song into the MPC or whatever sampler you're using go in and chop it up and you know get the exact moment that you need and then get the other moment and put that on the pad and it's like I mean that is like a full-time job just to just to do that bro bro it's it's insane we're, we're so blessed to be in the era that we're in I think people aren't sampling as much as because they're afraid of clearing it you know what I mean yeah um, which is another tricky thing about this era because hip-hop makes so much money so like back then when when you know you could sample uh like clearing things were so easy because there wasn't a lot of money to be made for for the the people that's getting sampled you know mm. what i mean mm -hmm. now that hip hop is so mainstream and um accessible i think now the people that are getting sampled are making things difficult uh but i take like the kanye motto as far as like when i sample because like with him he was just fearless right and sampling is like the essence of hip-hop right you know what i mean it, like without a doubt yeah it was built off sampling so like I, like me personally i'm not getting away from that just because like you know it might be difficulty clearing like there's ways around a lot of that stuff and i don't think it should compromise compromise a creative and their creativity um yeah. so that's why me me personally i'm not afraid i'll sample whatever i want i don't care like and if we gotta like find a way around it we'll find a way around it. We'll worry about that later. But like, let's, let's sample and let's create like some of the best music we can make and not feel compromised. That's my whole thing. Yeah. I love that. You got to be fearless in that sense because yeah. And, and you know, and on the sample stuff too, like they, they really got to update those rules and regulations about that because it's hindering the whole creative process. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there should just be like an automatic rule and it shouldn't be you know so and so from like you know this old musician's estate has you know has the final say on whether or not you know you can use this sample it should just be you get a little you get a little check you know like you you get a little cut of whatever is happening and just be happy to to take the the check and let the creative process roll because whoever right. actually created that music was a musician, was an artist. I feel like nine times out of 10, they would appreciate the fact that, you know, shit is happening. But a lot of times, with, especially with older music, I feel like it's people that are, you know, three steps removed from the actual artist that wrote the song. Mm -hmm. And that dude might be dead or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a wild situation that, you know, a lot of people probably aren't very hip to, but it's, it's a real complex thing, I feel like yeah it's it's like like you said you would think they'd like appreciate and like it's really flattering like sampling somebody you know what i yeah, mean because absolutely if I'm, if I'm sampling you it means like i'm in love with whatever you created and i just want to make it my own somehow you know what i mean yeah so it's it's i mean you know i think we'll we'll, we'll power through it but like i said me man i'm not like that's kind of an advantage right now. Like me sampling things is making my music unique in itself. And even interpolations, like I don't just sample things for the sound bed. I'll, I will interpolate lyrics from old songs that will bridge, you know, familiarity from, you know, like a lot of the older people that hear my stuff and then the new people that don't know it, but when they get schooled, it's like, oh, okay. Like he, he interpolated this old Mace record or whatever it may be. 
you know um so like that's been done like like before that's what people used to always do that's like, a key people, element of hip-hop i feel like is paying homage yeah. to like an older classic line and bringing yeah. it back to life and you know yeah. bro it, it happens so many times like over over time so i'm like yo like i'm not getting away from the essence of that like I'm, i refuse to do that um, yeah so yeah well it's it's like these these hidden things to discover in these songs i feel like you know when i was listening to music growing up and you would hear some line that's used in a song and then maybe in some other situation you hear the original version of that song and you hear that line you're like oh shit that, that's from that you yeah. know and that that's so dope being able to kind of connect those dots and kind of find these different mm -hmm. you know it, it's like a trip through all these different time periods of music when you do that when you pay homage to something from the past right then it, it takes that new younger listener and gives them a reason to go discover you know big l or some like you know like dude that they may have never heard of right if that didn't happen exactly and that that to me is like keeping like the heritage of the music alive because yeah. you know what i mean mm -hmm. so like if you got to travel back in time or like really come across something that was taken from something older, like it's, it keeps that, that the old stuff alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's to me, that's, that's huge, bro. That's Absolutely, huge. man. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. So, so what, uh, what's the, what's the most exciting thing you got going on right now? You got the, the solo shit going on. You got, you got some new music out. Like what, what are you most excited about? in this in this moment that you're working on man um besides my solo stuff i'm probably most excited for bia man she's she's came such a long way and had like a crazy like career as far as like twists and turns to get to where she's at now um so just being like close to her and me and aziz like executive producing a lot of her stuff um and now she's going viral again with the whole lot of money record, uh, just having a moment for herself. I think that's, I'm, I'm more excited for her than I am for myself, honestly, because from the beginning, I knew she was a superstar, you know? Um, and I'm sure other people, especially her peers believed in it, but it took a while for, you know, the, the listeners to really get it. So now that she's getting like her just due and people are really starting to recognize it, uh, I think that is just huge, such a blessing. So um, closely I'm working with her on her, like her deluxe stuff and her album. Um, I've gotten to work with Anderson Pack. We've done a couple records, which is amazing. Uh, probably one of the most talented people I've ever been around by far. Um, Tommy Genesis, another one of my good friends, which was uh, really cool working with her because she's so left in, in her own space in an alternative route, which I never worked with before. So that was interesting to do. My homie Jazz Cartier coming from Toronto. He's like, he's a rock star in himself. Like he was most known for, you know, his performance aspect of his, his, you know, his career, but just, he's just an alien creatively, man. And like, that's really how I feel about like everybody I'm working with right now. They're just so, uh, they're so, in their own space, you know what I mean? Like they do things on their accord, like not even just in the musicality of it, but 
in just in style in in fashion and branding and the way they move the way they release music you know what i mean so it's not like for me i've never been the person that's trying to get on the bandwagon of what's hot per se i'm always about working with super dope creative original people that i know will reach that point you know and even if they don't reach that point like we did it our way and we gave you like quality things to hold on to you know so like between like them um like bro i'm just and then my own stuff like i'm really excited uh to see those things unfold that's dope man yeah i mean whether it's making an impact on 10 people or 10 million people is still making that impact and there's there's something there as a creative that give and take of you know the person consuming the music and the person creating it it's a rewarding loop for both both parties whether that's just you know a few people or it's 10 million and shit's going you know viral and what's it like to see that happening for you know an artist that you're working with that you know to to your point what you were saying really put that time in you know and it's now now seeing that that moment happened for her like you know how how is that to see is it just fucking awesome bro it's just like everything like everyone's worked up to doing like just like it's just imagine like working on something like majority of your life and thinking like okay this is going to be my moment and it doesn't end up being it ends up being something worth talking about but it's not your moment so you got to keep going and going and you have moments like this over and over until you get to the point now where you know like like if everything goes right you're you're out of here like you're you know like one of the biggest artists on the planet like which i think it, it will go that way it's just i don't know man I, it's hard to put into words because like bro i hold this this thing so near and dear to me as i know she does and all of us do as a team so it's it's just really like it's just a testament man to like really like you can make anything happen. I know that sounds a little cliche, but um, like, bro, where we come from, like, like B is from the same area, like where we come from, like there was no blueprint. There was no resources, you know what I mean? We really had to just figure it out, you know? Um, so like just putting that into account and reaping the benefits finally, and just now getting like the recognition and being able to touch people like the way we always, you know, intended to do um, and grow our audience and take care of our families, you know what I mean? Financially, just really just carve like a whole new life for us and the people that are going to come after us and the people around us that we could put on. It's it's a lot to it, you know, it's it's something we've been working for. And I'm just super appreciative to just witness it and be a part of it. Yeah. Well, and on my side too, it's incredible to to be able to see and see that hard work being rewarded too, man. And I feel like it's a motivational thing to to hear, you know what I'm saying too, for, for the young kids out there that are trying to think of how to get to that spot and maybe from a place where there is no blueprint or feeling like they don't have that path. And sometimes it's just about, you know, I feel like the themes of the things you've been saying is like kind of, you know, trial and error, staying in motion, you know, just continuing to move forward. Is, am I kind of summing that up correctly? Yeah. Exactly. Just, I mean, hard work, just, you know, just putting your head down and just 
doing, you know, what you can in that moment and then trying to take advantage of the next thing to, you know, kind of keep going step by step. Yeah, even more so even working smart. Like one mm-hmm. thing I about working smart is like, like just for an example, like I've seen people do not to discredit hard work because like that's what I'm a product of, but I've seen people make more leeway doing less just because they work smarter. You know what I mean? Yep. And I guess that came from trial and error more so than anything. But, um, you know, kind of like, you know, just ref- like reflected on some like the earlier questions. It's just like coming to LA and moving around, you know, the industry from like taking notes out of like some of the, you know, I know Bia's definitely taking notes out of like, you know, some people that have like paved the way for us, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like even me, you know, so I think it was, it was just, I'm trying to like word it right, but it was working smart is, is, is so important because what I've done in LA in three years is way more than what I've done in Lowell, Massachusetts in seven, you know what I mean? So, and that's like a product of like, you know, really learning the game and knowing how, how to move and what works and what doesn't work. But I think the hard work, what the hard work creates is humility. The hard work creates, you know, a sense of like being uncompromised and really just like appreciation, like a lot of the values that are going to help longevity. That's what hard work creates for me. And working smart is helps you push forward and create more opportunity. So I think working hard, working smart is is just as important as is working hard, honestly. I love that, dude. I mean, the balance of you, you know, I think when people talk about that type of thing, the work hard, work smart, like it's, it's one side or the other, you know what I'm saying? Either people are saying like, you got to work hard or other people are saying you got to work smart, but it's, you know, it's really more about the balance at the end of the day, because yeah. working hard gives you the discipline that you need to succeed in your life. Right. But only working hard you can work as hard as you fucking want Mm -hmm. and you know you're just like digging a hole or whatever you're doing you know what i'm saying but you're working so hard you're just fucking digging and digging and digging and digging but you know and you're you're building that discipline doing that but there comes a time where you need to kind of like realize that you can just set up this situation to get a machine to do that you know or like whatever whatever type of it's a horrible analogy but you know just the no, balance of building up that, you know, that discipline. And even just as a smart decision, to work in smart decision to geographically put yourself in a place where you can then build different relationships and do different things. Right. You know, that's working smart. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I feel that, man. It's cool to see, man. And it's been dope to to go deep with you on all this stuff, man, and just kind of hear, hear where you're at right now. I feel like, you know, you're you're in a good headspace and it's, it's just dope to, to see all these things going on. And I know that there's just going to be more and more success with you and the team around you and the people that you're working with. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to call you a friend and, and see all this stuff happening as well. And, you know, it's just awesome, man. Very cool. My God, likewise to you, man. Like just everything. We haven't really got to talk too much, but like I've been seeing everything and I'm just like, super super happy for you man just because like you one thing that one thing that i've always 
uh, revered in people is like the people that know how to pivot is 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 mm. huge. You know what I mean? Because what I've learned is I've seen people crash and burn trying to like fit us like just keep trying uh, like and this is not in your regard but like i've seen people crash and burn trying to fit a square peg into a round hole you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying yep and, <laughs> and it's like bro like like you could literally pivot and do different things that's going to supplement what you're already trying to do or you might and or you might excel in 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 the pivot and do something you've never imagined you know what i mean um and i guess like with you and like even like the podcasting thing now kind of reminds me of me when I had to learn how to engineer and produce, you know what 100%. I mean? Yep. It's like, for me, like at the time, I didn't think it was going to help one or the other, you know, or, but like, look, you know what I mean? Like it, it creates so much and like you, I never realized I could be so good at these other things as well. You know what I mean? And, and it like, people don't understand the pressure that we're under as creatives as well. Yeah. Especially when you start to like get some success and you feel like you got to sustain it. You know what I mean? Absolutely, so, dude. So I'm just like, just basically piggybacking off like what you were saying. I'm just super happy for you as well. No, man. I appreciate that, man. I mean, that that's love for sure. And and it's it's so funny that you say that because I totally agree. And I think, you know, the, the comparison of the engineer thing and everything like that is so true because even doing this podcast every week, you know, it was this new thing that I was really excited to do, but it also is putting way more attention on my music and everything else that I've been doing, as you know, for 10 years too. And so that's the, that's the thing about the, you know, the pivot is, is that pivoting is not stepping into some other lane. Mm -hmm. It's, it's knowing when to pivot and build upon that pivot. You know what I'm saying? And, and it, benefits everything you have going on and you know it's it's been cool to see that there's been a re-energized feeling for me personally in the studio because i'm balancing my work in terms of i've got these conversations which are super inspiring super inspiring creatively to talk to people you know to be able to talk to you about your creative process and everything you're doing like obviously there's so much value there just for me as a creative, just to even hear that or be engaged in a conversation like that. And then that correlates to me wanting to make music more or do whatever. But, you know, just the the nature of having content coming out every week on social right. media with these podcasts and things like that. Then when the song comes out, it's, it's another thing, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's just, it's just been a cool process, man. I've been having a lot of fun with it. And so, you know, really insightful, I feel like, for, for you to kind of point that out. And it's 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 very much the case and it's been a lot of fun. And so I'm excited to kind of see where I can take it, but just just here for the ride, man. And so we'll have mm-hmm. to uh definitely get up in person. We'll do another one of these in person for sure. I'll bring you over to the studio once I get it set up. But we'll we'll tap in and we we might have to go run some basketball, honestly. That's what we really need to do. Bro, we used to hoop so much. We yeah. need- me, uh, O and Aziz were, and also like going back, like, well, like just to go back a couple questions, um, Aziz and Bouvet, I want to give like special shouts to cause like, yeah. like those, they're like my brothers for real. Like they're my brothers for real. Shout out to but them hundred percent. Just creatively. I think what's, what's the, uh, like really like the, the, the unsaid heroes are like, the people like that are coming up that you don't know 
a lot of these bigger artists and creatives are getting sauce from or getting like oh, yeah. you know what i mean and them two i feel like in particular are what a lot of these like bigger musicians are either getting like inspo from like crazy you know what i mean um like re like real trendsetter shit that is going unnoticed because they're not these people yet but like when they come up you're gonna realize like oh so these were the people behind the curtain that were helping these artists develop their sound that are really just ill in their own regards as, as artists themselves as uh producers engineers so on and so forth so I wanted to give a special shout out to Aziz and Bouve, but what we were saying, um, going back to the basketball thing, like, bro, we used to have like a group chat, like 25 people in it. We used to <laughs> basketball, like, I know, like, man. Three times a week. And that was so fire because right. the camaraderie behind that was crazy. And, you know, just being able to just really like have a bunch of people in the group chat, majority of us are from Boston based areas. And we're out in LA just really like like bonding outside of the creative space was 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 huge. And I think we should get back to that. Yeah, honestly. and it was this common denominator of, you know, this the the, the sport. You know what I'm saying? Like it just it brings people together, man. It, it brings it, it gives you a community, you know, beyond just the music. But yeah, no, shout out to Bouvet, shout out to Aziz because it's it's all it's the cycle of like the creative process, I feel like, in terms of, you know, you have like these bigger names in any of these creative worlds but to stay fresh with ideas like you're surrounding yourself with other creatives and so it's you know it, it, you get a lot of influence from these people who are trend-setting people who may not be in that position yet and they're on their way to it you know what i'm saying i mean look at like the weekend and drake <laughs> you know what i'm saying like at the highest level right mm -hmm. that shit happens all the time man and i think the average listener might not know that that's that's definitely a real thing man there are a lot of amazing talented creative people out there that were in the studio with that big 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 artist that mm -hmm. you know made such a huge impact on the whole vibe of that creative process and those are some of the most you know mvp people of any of these type of dynamics yep. so i couldn't agree, couldn't agree with you more man yeah. But yeah, thanks yeah. for coming on the show, dude. This was a great talk, man. And I'm excited to do it in person. Excited to see you. You know, we'll link up 100. percent And this has just been awesome, man. I appreciate appreciate you coming on, bro. Always, man. Always, I appreciate you. Just for like, just the platform and even like just the talk. You know what I mean? Because like, just us being homies, like, you know, we we just going and going and going and not stopping in in our everyday lives. So just being able to like really sit down and just just have a conversation and just like, you know, stop time and everything else that we're doing to do this. Like, I just appreciate that in itself. So like, uh, bro, gratitude is, is more than, you know, appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, man. It's, it's, it's really been the best part about doing these is getting that uninterrupted hour. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We don't do that enough in our life anymore. We're always go. And if we're not going, we're looking at our phone every two seconds. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't looked at my phone right. in an hour. And how good does that feel? Right. Amazing, you know? bro. Amazing. And it's like, this is like a document in time. Like, we're going to look back on this and just like, because I do that a lot. I, I watch a lot of old interviews, man. Yeah. I do it all the time. So I know we're going to look back on this when we're further along in what we're doing and just be like, bro, like, that was like a timestamp. You know what I mean? 100%. 
Yep. Yep. Now it's all about just, you know, putting it out there, man, because these are just moments in time. We're we're just kind of, you know, putting these things out and building up these these moments in time that we can look back on. That's the beauty of music, anything creative, I feel like. You know, like Big Joints was a fucking moment in time, bro. Like right. that, that music video right. was a moment in time. For sure, for sure. So, no, mm-hmm. all love, man. All love. Thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, my man, I'll see you soon. My guy, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, bro. All right, this is the Cam Meekin Show. We out of here. Oh, you know what? My bad. One time, real quick. Lil Rich, follow him on social media. What, what's your What's your socials? I forgot. Oh yeah, just at at Lil Rich on everything. Um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know everything. Honestly, everything I got at Lil Rich on everything. So there it is. He he got me too deep in in deep thought. I forgot to to do the normal <laughs> outro. But follow Lil Rich <laughs> on social media. Check out the new music. Check out everything he's got going on. This is the Cam Eakin Show. We out of here. Peace.